Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. It is great to be with you on this Friday, July the 29th of 2022. We are broadcasting live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. We are also up and going on the Twitch app this afternoon. The Twitch app is a free download. Once you have it, just search our page, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 78 degrees and sunshine in downtown South Bend, Indiana on this Friday. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, high of 80. Sunday, same exact forecast. And then maybe a little shower and thunderstorm activity on Monday with a high of 86 degrees. Sports Beat on WSBT Radio is brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is the story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Bowlers Country Club inviting you to their annual corn and sausage roast this Saturday, July 30th. Lots of fun for everyone. And by Pet Refuge urging you to adopt, don't shop, or new beginnings have happy endings 10 minutes after 5 o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with me. Hope you're going to have a terrific weekend, and we're ready to rock and roll for the next oh, hour and 30 minutes or so. At 6.40, we will step aside for South Bend Cubs baseball. Midwest League action from Four Winds Field. South Bend will be taking on the Lake County Captains tonight, the Cleveland Guardians affiliate. First pitch at 7.05 right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up on the program, we'll talk some Chicago Cubs baseball, South Bend Cubs baseball with South Bend broadcaster Brendan King in the 6 o'clock hour, just about one hour from right now. We'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline. I've got some predictions for the trade deadline involving seven total players, three of those that currently play for the Chicago Cubs. We'll have the top five storylines to watch out for this weekend. Our sports wagering segment is on the way. Coming up at our next segment, our Twitter question of the day, which you can find every weekday afternoon on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. And today's question has to do with in-game decisions for Notre Dame football coach Marcus Freeman. We'll give you the question coming up in just a couple of moments here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
The first pitch and the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch tonight centers around a pitch that didn't take long for a local student athlete to consider. On Tuesday, Fighting Irish head coach Mike Bray visited with Penn High School guard Marcus Burton, and Marcus walked away with a scholarship offer. Fast forward to this afternoon. At 3 o'clock, Burton at Penn High School made the announcement, no surprise, that he's going to go to the University of Notre Dame to continue his basketball career. Burton had a terrific junior season for Penn. Credit to him putting in the work. I think Chuck Freebie from WHME put out a tweet earlier today. He had seven points in mop-up time in sectional play as a sophomore. As a junior, became one of the more dominant players in the state of Indiana, averaging 27.2 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 5.6 assists. I do recall during Hoosier Hysteria a couple of months ago, people covering the Elkhart sectional where Penn played that then Kansas State head coach Bruce Weber was there and visited with Burton. Weber would be fired a few weeks later as head coach of Kansas State. But that was, at least from the outside looking in, the first look into the possibilities for this Penn High School guard. Now, going into Mike Bray, handing out that scholarship offer, the offers for Burton included Western Michigan, Ball State, Illinois Chicago, Missouri State, Drake, my alma mater snuck in there, SIU Edwardsville, Southern Indiana, App State, and Miami, Ohio. Now, we've mentioned this week that Burton had a standout game against Indianapolis Cathedral a few weeks ago in summer ball. Xavier Booker, a player from Cathedral that Notre Dame is very interested in. Booker played against Cathedral and put up 35. Now, I don't know if Booker was guarding him. That's never really been told in any of the stories about the game, but he still put up 35 against the defending state champions. That caught the attention of the Fighting Irish coaching staff, who was well aware of Burton, of course, being in their backyard, this good young player at Penn High School. But even after that 35-point performance against Cathedral, there were people that were tuned into Marcus Burton, who maybe had not been before. No other big-time offers had arrived as of yet. Not sure they'll happen now at this point since Marcus was on the record with the South Bend Tribune a few weeks ago saying that Notre Dame's the place he always wanted to play. Got the offer from Mike Bray. Didn't take long. Thought it over. Done deal. He's going to the University of Notre Dame. Now, I think it's going to be a common thing to start trying to compare some of our NIC players recently who have gone on to play Division I college basketball. I'm sure it's going to be a tendency for a lot of fans to ask, well, Blake Wesley was at South Bend Riley, had a dominant senior season for the Wildcats, and he exploded at Notre Dame and ended up being a first-round pick. I don't know if it's fair to compare the two. Let's keep in mind that Wesley had an NBA body coming to Notre Dame with the help of Tony Rolinski, the strength and conditioning coach, took it to the next level, but He's 6'5". That's what you're looking for in an NBA guard. That length, long arms, quickness, acceleration, explosiveness. Wesley had the whole package. And that 6'5 body and his talents got him already to the National Basketball Association. Burton's a whole different basketball player. He's 5'10". That's seven inches difference. So this is a different type of player. Personally, just what I've seen, I think Burton at this stage of his career in high school was a better shooter than Wesley was at that time. I, Burton's really good defensively. I The games I've watched, he's really dug in, made plays leading to fast break opportunities. So 
That's been highly impressive. I just think he's a better shooter at this stage of his basketball career than Wesley was. Now, Wesley can do other things because of his physical advantages, but there's no doubt Burton is the score. It will be interesting to see if he picks up any other offers after Notre Dame. And you wonder if he's 6'5", like Wesley, how many different offers would he have at this particular time? You wonder if that is something that could be a difference maker in getting a whole bunch of offers from the elite, elite schools. But he got one from his dream school, and you know what? That's all that matters. He's locked into play for the Fighting Irish. So, Demetrius Jackson was 6'1", Mishawaka Marion to Notre Dame. J.R. Konezny entering his sophomore season at Notre Dame from South Bend, St. Joe. We talked about Wesley coming from South Bend, Riley. Can't forget about Jaden Ivey, who played at Mishawaka, Mishawaka Marion for a couple of years before going elsewhere, ended up at Purdue, and he was the number five pick in the draft taken by the Detroit Pistons. So we have had some great young players come through our area. It's been exciting to watch these guys grow. Demetrius had a lot of success playing overseas. Kind of curious to see if Kinesny gets more of an opportunity this year with the Irish. Still a lot of veteran players ahead of him. Wesley getting set for his season with the Spurs. The Spurs, they are tanking. They're trying to lose so they can get the number one pick. There's a European player that's a must-have that apparently they would like to try to get. They traded one of their all-star guards to Atlanta Heck, Wesley might have a pretty good opportunity to play right away with San Antonio and Ivy up there in Detroit as they try to rebuild something special in the Motor City. So a lot of fun players to watch the last few years right here in the old Northern Indiana Conference. Always fun to have the local kids making an impact and always cool to have the local kids going to Notre Dame and it will be Marcus Burton added to the list, the Penn High School senior-to-be verbally committing to Mike Bray and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame this afternoon. And by the way, that is the first commitment for the Fighting Irish in the 2023 class. On3.com, that is the service tied in with my colleagues and partners at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. They entered today with Notre Dame having a 62.4% chance of getting Marcus Burton, Western Michigan second at 5.0, Purdue University Fort Wayne third at 4.3. Right now, on3.com does not give Burton a star in their star system. He does not have a national ranking at this particular time. That's likely going to change here very soon. Anytime a young man gets an offer and commits to a major school. Magically, the star system seems to come alive. And I would bet in the coming two, three days, you will start to see some new stuff come out for Marcus Burton. I can't remember what service it was. One of the services today changed Burton from a zero star to a three star once he committed to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So if you're into the star system, we'll have to wait a little bit it appears until Burton is fairly evaluated by these services. All right, 520 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Something else I want to point out to you. Maybe you're looking for something to do tonight. If you're a Chicago Cub fan, this might be of interest for you. The South Bend Cubs, within the hour, have announced that they will have a rehab assignment tonight, or at least that is the plan as South Bend is taking on the Lake County captains. And on the rehab assignment is Chicago Cubs left-handed starting pitcher, Wade Miley. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, Miley probably will not pitch for the Chicago Cubs again. This is a rehab assignment to show he's healthy to likely get traded. He's a free agent after this season. With the trade deadline coming up August 2nd, you would have to imagine the Cubs are trying to show somebody that Miley is healthy. So this is probably a job interview for Wade Miley tonight at Four Winds Field. 
Again, free agent at the end of the year. The Cubs, you would have to imagine, not going to re-sign Miley for next year. He was picked up before the season to eat up some innings, but injuries have held him back. And also to be a an interesting player at the trade deadline, you might be able to turn over into something useful for the coming year. So I think this is a job interview for Wade Miley tonight with the South Bend Cubs, the left-hander going to the mound for the Midwest League affiliate here in downtown South Bend. The second interesting part of Wade Miley pitching for the South Bend Cubs tonight, he was a South Bend Silverhawk back in 2009, managed by our good friend Mark Haley. Back then, the South Bend Silverhawks were affiliated with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Miley was a draft pick of the D-backs. And in 2009, he started his season pitching at Kovaleski Stadium for the South Bend Silverhawks. His last outing at Kovaleski Stadium slash Four Winds Field before tonight, August 20th, 2009. Almost 13 years later. August 20th, 2009, pitching for the South Bend Silverhawks against Great Lakes. Wade Miley's last outing on the mound at this ballpark in downtown South Bend. Three innings pitched, eight hits, six runs, three earned, and gave up a pair of home runs. So Miley gets a chance to go back to the mound here in downtown South Bend. Again, according to the South Bend Cubs, he is expected to make a rehab start for South Bend against Lake County tonight. These things always are expected because things could go haywire. Someone could miss their trip to South Bend, not getting to the rental car in time or the person driving them to South Bend. I know there was one time, I won't mention the player, But when I was broadcasting with South Bend, there was a prominent player that was scheduled to be on a rehab assignment with the South Bend Cubs. Didn't want to come. Just didn't want to go through the process of going through a rehab. It took a lot of coaxing, but finally the Chicago Cubs got the player to want to come to South Bend for this rehab. The problem was it was later in the day There's traffic getting out of Chicago, and because of that, the player was scheduled to hit leadoff in the game. He wasn't going to get to the ballpark at the scheduled time, so he had to be pushed down to the nine spot in the lineup. If you know anything about baseball and rehab assignments, you put those players at the top of the lineup, you get their at-bats, you get them out of the lineup, you send them back to where they came from, done deal but this particular player his not wanting to come led to a late start out of Chicago and then instead of batting first he hit ninth in the lineup now so many stories 525 at sports radio 960 WSBT but great to have Wade Miley back in South Bend for the first time in 13 years now pitching for the South Bend Cubs rather than the South Bend Silverhawks. We'll talk more Cubs baseball with broadcaster Brendan King in about 50 minutes straight ahead. Our Twitter question of the day yesterday's was in regard to Notre Dame football. Today's same storyline. We'll give you the details in a moment. 525 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Halfway through the 5 o'clock hour, 5.30 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Hey, something to watch out for. We have watched so much great offensive line play at the University of Notre Dame the last decade, in particular when Harry Heastan was the offensive line coach and, of course, now back as the O-line coach under Marcus Freeman. We have watched great play in the National Football League, Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, just to name two of the more 
big-name players in the National Football League, Mike McGlinchey out there in San Francisco, another example. But there might be another former Notre Dame player that has the opportunity to put his name on the map in the National Football League. Robert Hainsey. Let's keep an eye on Robert Hainsey. The former Irish offensive lineman was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, over the last year, Hainsey has been trying to learn the center position. Now, A.Q. Shipley, in a story written by Greg Augman down in Tampa Bay, was quoted as saying that Hainsey, he saw tenfold improvement from August to December and tenfold again this spring. He said it was an easy call to spend two months helping the Notre Dame football grad train this offseason. Well, all that hard work may result in a huge opportunity this year for Hainsey. Ryan Jensen, one of the great centers in the National Football League for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went down with what appears to be a serious knee injury. As camp opens, there is a chance he might be out until November or December. Hopefully by then, for Jensen's sake, but now Hainsey, all his work at center could lead to a starting job with Tampa Bay. Yeah, snapping to that guy that's pretty good, that 45-year-old quarterback, Tom Brady. And Shipley was quoted in this story saying, quote, I've never been around in this business a kid this young that wants to do everything right, wants to spend the time to pick the older people's brains, to grind away at film and pick brain and study and learn and do all that. For me, it was easy. Watching him during practice, seeing him have the courage to go up to Tom Brady, one of the best to ever do it, grab him in between periods and say, let's get some snaps. I saw his approach, and I'm willing to give the shirt off my back to someone that's willing to put in that type of effort. That's Robert Hainsey saying, Tom Brady, let's work on some snaps. That does take some moxie, doesn't it? Can't be easy for a young guy to do that, but Hainsey wants to get better. And now with the injury to Jensen, the door is wide open for Robert Hainsey to start on a football team that has, once again, Super Bowl aspirations. Two years ago, Brady goes to Tampa Bay. They win the Super Bowl on their home field against the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, Tampa Bay at home knocked off in the divisional round by the team that went on to win the Super Bowl, the Los Angeles Rams. And now Tom Brady is back. New coaches down there in Tampa Bay, the injury to Jensen, and now Robert Hainsey could be the starting center for a team that wants to get to the Super Bowl once again, and they've got a pretty good quarterback to lead them in Tom Brady. So keep an eye on Tampa Bay. Maybe Robert Hainsey might be the latest former Notre Dame offensive lineman to have a chance to star in the National Football League. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Okay, let's get to yesterday's question that we posted on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. This was the question Is it important that the Notre Dame football media member you follow, you listen to, you read, you watch is a Fighting Irish fan? Two choices, yes or no. If you think it's important for us in the media to be an Irish fan since we're covering them, you voted yes. If you really don't care who we cheer for, the answer is no. This is always a curious topic for me. First, I'll give the answer, then I'll give you the reasons why I'm just always curious about how people think about these things. It was a landslide, 70.5% say we don't really care about the media members' favorite teams or if they're a Notre Dame fan. We just want the information. So 70.5% said no, you don't have to be an Irish fan to be a member of the Notre Dame football media. 29.5% say absolutely you should root for Notre Dame if you're going to cover the Fighting Irish. Well, the regular media, I'm just going through my mind, the people I know, 
there might be three individuals I would call, and I'll say four individuals that have rooted for the Irish at least in the past. I'm sure they still do today. So I would say four regular media members. I'm not talking the podcasters and the bloggers. Those aren't traditional media members. That's the new style of media. But in terms of newspaper, internet, radio, TV, I can count four off the top of my head that I would say are for sure Notre Dame fans covering the Fighting Irish. Everybody else, they grew up rooting for different teams. And I don't think it's important at all who we root for. I could really care less as a sports fan myself. The teams I root for, the people who cover the games, who do the play-by-play, if they grew up cheering for another team, that doesn't bother me in the least bit. Just give me the accurate information. Be fair. I want you to be critical. I'll say this. The four people that I can say are Notre Dame fans in our traditional media are willing to be critical of Notre Dame, and I love that. Now, when you get to the non-traditional media, then there's a lot of Irish fans. I mean, they're diehards. And so if that's important to you, you've got them to fall back on. They're probably not going to give you the truthfulness that goes on when things are going bad. But they paint a rosy picture. And if you're into that, you know what? Nowadays, you got that option. And that's absolutely terrific if you want a more... Honest, critical, pat on the back, look at the Irish. There are still many excellent avenues in traditional media. I just know from my experience, being a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan, there were some people that absolutely could not stand the fact that I was broadcasting South Bend Cubs baseball. Despite the fact If you listen to a game, if you don't think I was rooting for the South Bend Cubs and their players, then you went into it with an attitude and nothing was going to change your mind. I mean, I am proud to say while he was here on the bus in the locker room, I had the great pleasure of hanging out with Aloy Jimenez. Now, he ended up not being a Cub. He's a White Sox. And you know what? Honestly, worked out better for me as a Cardinal fan. I can really cheer for him since he's not a Cub. He's now a White Sox. But even if he was a Cub, I would be excited when he did well. Just like when David Bodie just emerged with the Chicago Cubs a few years ago. It was a wonderful story, and I'm thrilled for him. Scott Efros right now. What a wonderful guy. Always enjoyed talking to him. So even though he's a Cub and I'm a Cardinal fan, I'm still cheering for him. Do I want the Chicago Cubs to go 0-162? Of course, just like you as a Cub fan, want the Cardinals to go 0-162. But those players I were around, I still are very fond of and cheer them on. And I loved when Scott Efros picked up the save within the last week. First time at the Major League level. Here's the thing. You as a fan are cheering for Scott Efros because... He is a Chicago Cub pitcher. He was a diehard Cleveland Indian fan. He was rooting for the Indians in the World Series against the Cubs. So if you get annoyed by us in the media not rooting for your team, so should you not root for Scott Efros then, even though he's on your team because he was an Indian fan rooting against your team in the World Series? If you look at it that way, it's just silly to get into who the media roots for. Pat Hughes, do you think he grew up a Chicago Cub fan? He loves the Cubs. You can tell when he broadcasts. He didn't grow up a Cub fan. Most broadcasters do not grow up broadcasting for the team they cheered for. One example the other way, Mike Monaco, who's done a tremendous job, Notre Dame grad. He's had the opportunity this year to jump into the Boston Red Sox broadcast booth the team he grew up cheering for that is rare in baseball I know Mike Shannon grew up in St. Louis was a Cardinal Cardinal fan as a kid he ended up being their broadcasters that's another example but those are very few and far 
in between. So the whole thing that you have to root for the team that you're a media member for is just, I'm sorry, so off base. If that's the case, you shouldn't cheer for most of the players on your favorite baseball team because they didn't root for your team growing up. But it's always interested to get the results, and I'm happy to report 70.5% of you said it doesn't matter who we root for in the media that cover this Fighting Irish football team. 29.5%, they just, I guess, want us to go rah-rah for the Irish when we talk about their favorite team. Oh, there's some on Twitter I can write 50 positive things, and if I'm critical about one thing about Notre Dame football, I'll hear it from four or five people. Not most people. They want an honest opinion. Not saying I'm always right. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but there's always a few people that applaud me for all the great things I'm saying, and if I one day say, I don't like this, then how can you root against the Irish? Why are you rooting against the Irish? I'm not. I'm giving you my honest opinion. That's it. If you want the rah-rah, cheer-cheer media, there's plenty of podcasts out there for you. They're Irish fans talking about their favorite team, and it's cool. I'm glad they get the opportunity, but that's just not traditional media. All right, that's yesterday's question. That was fun. We'll come back with this question today. You can find this question at 960-SPORTSBEAT. When it comes to making in-game decisions, what do you hope Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman uses? Three choices. Number one, his gut. Number two, analytics only. Number three, accommodation of both. Again, our Twitter question of the day at 960 Sportsbeat. When it comes to making in-game decisions, what do you hope Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman uses? His gut, analytics, or accommodation of both. You can vote for the next couple of days at 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter. Results coming up on Monday. And Monday will be the week of the first practice. Notre Dame back on the practice field. One week from today, Marcus Freeman will meet the media on Friday. And away we go with another Fighting Irish football season. 543 on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 12 minutes in front of 6 o'clock, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Good evening, Darren Pritchett with you. We're live on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Also, the Twitch app has a video stream of the show taking place right now. Get the Twitch app and then search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. If you're just joining us, Penn High School senior basketball guard Marcus Burton verbally committed to Mike Bray and the Fighting Irish this afternoon. First member of the 2023 class for Mike Bray. He goes down the road about seven miles and gets Burton from Penn High School. 27.6 rebounds, five assists last year for Al Rhodes and the Kingsman. And with that three-guard backcourt, and I know Burton is the big name of that particular group, but those other two guards are really good. If they're on another team, they would be averaging probably 20 points per game. So if you're going to beat Penn, you better have some guards that can defend because that three-guard lineup is absolutely explosive. And we'll see if the Penn basketball team can match the Kingsman baseball team from the spring winning a state championship. Well, the trade deadline in Major League Baseball is coming up in just a few days, August the 2nd at 6 o'clock. We used to have a secondary trade deadline where waivers were involved. 
We don't have that anymore. This is better because it really puts the GMs on the spot. You got to make the decision. There's no second chances. Either make the move you want to make or there's not going to be another opportunity until the offseason. So I like the fact there is finality August 2nd. After that, there is no more trading in Major League Baseball. And we enter the weekend with not a lot of activity right now. Andrew Benatendi went from Kansas City to the Yankees. You had Tyler Naquin go from the Reds to the Mets last night. Other than that, it's been quiet. Again, you take a look at the extra playoff spots in each league, and we have so many more buyers than sellers. The Chicago Cubs are in the seller category. The Chicago White Sox, they're in buyer mode. They need help with their bullpen. They've spent a lot of money. They put a lot of attention on their bullpen, and they just can't seem to figure it out. They go into the weekend needing what White Sox fans? At least one, maybe two relievers. They're only three games out of first place. It feels like this season has been off the rails on the south side. They played poorly throughout the year. The injuries, the controversy surrounding manager Tony La Russa. You look up, they're three games out of first place. They still have a wonderful chance to win that division. Minnesota and Cleveland, they're not the Yankees. They're not Houston. They're gettable. Luis Roberts going on a rehab assignment in Charlotte, so hopefully he'll be back in the Sox lineup very, very soon. So with all that being said, let's go through some of the bigger names that could be traded over the next couple of days, and I'll give you a prediction. The big, big fish is Juan Soto, the 23-year-old outfielder for the Washington Nationals. The Nationals offered him, allegedly, a $440 million contract. He turned it down. Scott Boris, the legendary agent, is in charge of his contract. They said no. Now, I saw a report today, some Nationals reporters saying Washington's going to give Soto one more contract offer. If it fails, they're going to trade him, either at the deadline or in the offseason. If you take Juan Soto right now, unless you're a major market, you're not going to re-sign him in two years and two months. He's going to walk. But you get an elite talent, a talent that is not available very often for two years and two months. If you're a medium-sized market team, you don't have the money to sign Juan Soto in two and a half years. But you know what? For the next two years, you can afford him. You've got a premier left-handed bat going into your lineup. It can be a big-time difference in your lineup. This is a rare opportunity to add a jewel into a lineup of many teams that can't afford a guy like this on the free agent market. Two years of Juan Soto is extremely valuable. I would give up assets for Juan Soto. Is he going to be traded? I still think he will. The Padres, the Cardinals, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers all being kicked around. The Cardinals have the most minor league talent to offer or talent at the major league level. If they wanted him, they could get him, but I don't know if they have the you-know-what to do it. San Diego probably will end up with him. I'm going to say the Padres. Then we get to three Cubs. Wilson Contreras, the Cub catcher. has already did the emotional goodbye to the Chicago fans his last game at Wrigley Field a few days ago. I've said this all along. I'll stick with the prediction. I think Contreras and the Astros are a perfect match. I'll still say Contreras ends up as a Houston Astro before the trade deadline. Ian Happ, he has some control left past this year, so that makes him a little more valuable. A lot of teams looking for a left-handed bat. He's a switch hitter that's better from the right side this year, but his strength is the left side. The Toronto Blue Jays, to me, are a team that needs a lefty bat to help balance their lineup. They could use another outfielder. I'm going to say Ian Happ gets traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. One other Cub I want to mention, and that's the closer, David Robertson. This worked out perfectly for Chicago. They picked him up in the offseason, didn't have to pay him a whole lot. They were hoping to get great pitching from Robertson, knowing they could flip him at the trade deadline. 
He was not an asset they're going to keep after this year. So this was a signing made for this week. And it may turn out to be a very smart move, as the Cubs might get a couple of nice assets for Robertson as a lot of teams are looking for relief, closers. We just talked about the White Sox. Cubs and White Sox have traded a couple of times recently. Who knows? But I'm going to say Robertson goes to the New York Mets. They want to really go for it this year with Scherzer and DeGrom coming off the injured list soon. I'm going to say David Robertson ends up with the New York Mets. Cubs and Mets traded last year Javier Baez for Pete Crow Armstrong, who's now a South Bend Cub. The Nationals and first baseman outfielder Josh Bell having a terrific offensive season, limited defensively, first baseman, corner outfield. I'm going to say this team is in need of an extra bat. They've got the pitching. I think the Milwaukee Brewers end up with the Nationals' Josh Bell. We've got the Reds' Luis Castillo, right-handed pitcher, struggle in April, returned to his all-star form since then. Probably the best starting pitcher available that we know of. The Reds are looking to the future again. When do they ever live in the present? It's like they're always reshuffling. They're becoming the Pirates to an extent with a little more money. I think this one's obvious. I think Castillo goes to the New York Yankees. They're going to want to add one more starting pitcher. And I think Castillo goes to the Bronx as the Reds give up their ace to the New York Yankees. And finally, one other trade deadline prediction. Notre Dame's Trey Mancini, who hit the inside the park home run in his final at-bat at Camden Yards for the Orioles, unless he does not get traded. He's a free agent at the end of the year, so Baltimore likely will ship him. I'm going to say the Orioles will send Mancini to the New York Mets. I already gave the Mets David Robertson. I'm going to say they're going to add one more bat outfield dh i'm gonna say mancini ends up with the new york mets so those are some predictions for the trade deadline including Contreras to the astros hap to the blue jays robertson to the mets we'll see how those picks pan out well coming up in a couple of moments we'll get to our my five question of the day South Bend Cubs broadcaster Brendan King will talk trade deadline and South Bend Cubs baseball in about 20 minutes. Sports wagering wraps up the show. South Bend Cubs baseball at 645 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My 5 Question of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you, 609 at WSBT. Today's question, the top five storylines to watch out for this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well, I'm going to start with a little golf. And Tony Finau, one of the top American players. Nice to see he's still on the PGA Tour. See, Bubba Watson is off to the live tour now. But Finau won last week on the PGA Tour, his third PGA Tour victory. Can he win two in a row? Doesn't happen very often on the PGA Tour. Well, Finau shot six under par today up in Detroit at Detroit Golf Club, and he has one shot out of the league currently as second-round play continues at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So a chance for a rarity on the PGA Tour, someone to win back-to-back weeks. Four. Will Trey Mancini have a new home? That's the expectation. The former Notre Dame star baseball player wrapping up his career with the Baltimore Orioles. He was there for a lot of lean years. Now they've turned things around. He's a free agent. And it sounds like Baltimore is trying to ship him off for assets for the future. Mancini's had a very solid year this year, of course. What now? Two years removed from that cancer treatment. Had a good year in Baltimore. I'd love to see him get in a pennant race. He deserves the opportunity to chase that World Series ring. And we'll see this weekend if Trey Mancini has a new home. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Top storylines to watch for this weekend. Do the Chicago White Sox enhance their roster with a trade or trades? I don't know how they can do it. But I'd love to see them shake up their lineup with a move. On a smaller scale, add two arms to their bullpen. That is much needed. 
And I wonder, are they looking at a starting pitcher? Lance Lynn, is he going to turn things around? Late start to his season due to injury. ERA still over six right now for Lance. White Sox can do a lot of tinkering. And you feel like there needs to be a bit of a shakeup. I watch the White Sox. They're just a little stale. Now, I'd love to see them all healthy at the same time. That maybe would reduce the staleness factor. It just seems like a team that could use a shakeup, add an interesting piece to their starting lineup. Number two. Number two, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Are they traded by the Chicago Cubs? Will it be this weekend? Possibly. You have until August 2nd to make the moves. Contreras in demand, an offensive catcher. I can think of three or four teams where it would be a really good fit for Contreras. I know the Mets have the top prospect in the minors in Francisco Alvarez is a catcher. The Mets would make sense. Seattle. But I've always said Houston seems to be the logical location for Wilson Contreras, and I predicted Ian Happ would go to the Toronto Blue Jays. I think they need a left-handed bat in the outfield. Happ can bring them that. Number one. And number one, top five storylines for the weekend. Is anything going to come from this Keon Keeley visit to Alabama? Notre Dame's premier recruit in the class of 2023. Most people that follow recruiting are saying he's just going to visit. No big deal He has visited South Bend five times. He's all in on Notre Dame. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully no drama, but anytime your best recruit visits Alabama, at least from a fan standpoint, it catches your attention. All right, we need to take a break. We're going to talk some Chicago Cubs and South Bend Cubs baseball with South Bend broadcaster Brendan King after the break on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now back to local sports talk on sports beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 619 at sports radio, 960 WSBT South Bend Cubs baseball from four winds field comes your way tonight at 645. On WSBT Radio, 705 first pitch, South Bend taking on the Guardians affiliate, the Lake County Captains. On the call tonight, Brendan King on WSBT Radio, and he joins me right now for a little baseball conversation. BK, how are things at Four Winds Field tonight? Darren, it's a pleasure as always. Gorgeous night, wind blowing out to right field, not a cloud in the sky, so I mean... It looks like that all weekend as well. So I think one of the last weekends before school gets back, you know, in the month of August, it couldn't look better. So big crowd expect. We had over 5,500 last night, by the way. How about that? That is terrific. Well, I know when rehab assignments happen, we always say expected because (laughs) the unexpected can happen from time to time. And I told a story earlier in the program about – a rehab assignment that almost didn't happen, but this one apparently is going to happen, and we've got a guy that has some South Bend Silverhawk history coming back to South Bend, pitching in the Chicago Cubs organization. Kind of fill in the blanks here, BK, what's happening tonight at Four Winds Field. Yeah, DP, it is going to happen. Wade Miley will make a rehab start with the South Bend Cubs, and as you just alluded to, when he was coming up with the Arizona Diamondbacks system, he played here in South Bend during the 2009 season. That was Hard to believe that was two years before Andrew Berlin bought the club, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a long time ago. But one thing that was constant is our good friend Mark Haley. He was the manager of the Silverhawks. And, of course, Hals runs the First Source Bank Performance Center. So I know that Mark is very happy to have Wade Miley here for a rehab start who is working back from a shoulder ailment. Um, But I, I think this is a situation, Darren, we were just talking off the air for the Cubs. Look, it's no secret. The trade deadline's on Tuesday, and Wade Miley, who has only pitched in four games with the Cubs this year, would be great if he can get back to the big league level and show all sides that he's good to go for the 2022 season. So big night for him, big night for the South Bend Cubs and the organization. Mark Haley, I know, will be joining us in the booth in the fourth inning, so we'll get a couple probably big-time. We'll get some big-time stories on Wade Miley from 09. So it's definitely exciting, and it's hard to believe, Darren, this is the 15th total ever Hmm. Chicago Cubs rehab appearance in South Bend. Already 15 of them. Wow. Hopefully you do not not have a 1-2-3 inning with Hales in there. You're not going to get anything (laughs) accomplished. You need a long, long inning 
for Hales to tell some stories. Brandon, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about the playoff chase here in South Bend? It's a little different. I know we talked about this the last time you were on, but maybe you can give some further details. South Bend in the Western Division now. Cedar Rapids won the first half division title. So you can take them out of the standings. When you do that, it seems like Brendan South Bend has a great opportunity to make the postseason in the second half. Yeah, Darren, for those that don't know, unlike years past where you had a division winner and a wild card club, only one playoff spot per division per half this year. So that's going to translate to four total playoff teams participating in the Midwest League postseason. So it's definitely now harder to get in. But as you just said, Darren, the South Bend Cubs, if you take Cedar Rapids away, the next closest club is the Beloit Skycarp. Again, no longer the Snappers, as you know. Uh, five games back in the West. And then South Bend, Darren, has gotten the benefit of Wisconsin really struggling. And it's interesting because they just got the Brewers' number one prospect. The Timber Rattlers have lost 10 games in a row. You don't see too many. I can't remember too many 10-game skids mm. during our time together nope. in the Midwest League. I don't think South Bend ever did that. Maybe got up to eight or nine, but I don't remember it ever being double digits. So, you know, have the Cubs gotten some breaks for sure? But, Darren, this is a team that's playing really solid baseball. Best home record in the Midwest League. The only team in the circuit with over 30 home victories. And uh, I really like the coaching staff, Darren. Lance Rimmel is young. He's 31 years old. He really brings a breath of fresh air into the clubhouse. And then, you know, Tony Cagula is the pitching coach, also a young guy. Dan Puente is the right-hand man of Chicago Cubs, director of hitting Justin Stone. He's here in South Bend. And then D'Angelo Jimenez, the bench coach, he's a 10-year big leaguer, Darren. I mean, Jimenez, he helps out the young kids so much. And uh, it's really been fun to cover this team. And Look, there's still a long way to go. We're not even into the month of August yet, but a five-game lead heading into that month of August, that definitely feels pretty good. Brendan, how different does the South Bend Cubs rotation look now with mm. DJ Hers and Jordan Wicks moving up to AA? Those were two guys that were highly effective here in South Bend. Yeah, entirely different, but they have gotten help. And I don't know, Darren, if we've ever had that, like – one guy leaves and you just get another stud, right? It's different from short season to low A and then high mm-hmm. A to, to low A. But the Cubs have been the benefit of getting two guys by the name of Porter Hodge and Luis Devers. Yesterday, Hodge struck out 10 batters in five innings of work. He was the Chicago Cubs minor league pitcher of the month for April. Devers is going to be the piggyback to Wade Miley tonight. He was the Cubs minor league pitcher of the month for May. Unfortunately, Daniel Palencia is still on the injured list. He's the hard thrower, can touch like triple digits and everything with that. Um, He's still on the IL, but he was the Chicago Cubs minor league pitcher of the month for June. So as Jordan Wicks and DJ Hurst leave, does it sting? Certainly. But you're getting guys that can help fill the void. And again, that might be the difference from short season to low A and then low A to high A. But it is almost been like a band-aid effect that Wicks and Hursley, but you haven't really been feeling those effects of not getting solid starting pitching. Nothing like hearing you talk baseball with the Backstreet Boys going in the background. <laughs> uh, that is our old friend Chris Hagstrom on the yeah. uh, on the Ox. So yeah. I I do not have the music choice before ballgame. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Brendan King, South Bend Cubs broadcaster, my guest. The deadline coming up on Tuesday. As we all, all know, the Cubs are looking to move some personnel. I want to ask you about Ian Happ for a second because he still has team control, which could be valuable for another major league team that acquires him. It's not like the Cubs are down on Ian Happ. He has had a bounce-back season, and I said before the season started, Brendan, Ian Happ is not a competitive major league player batting right-handed, but that's changed now. Mm -hmm. He is now a highly competitive player from both sides of the plate. Do you feel like the Cubs are wanting to move Happ because of the surplus of young outfielders they have coming up pretty quickly in their system. For example, if they didn't have this surplus of outfielders, I don't know if they would move Hap. Agree or disagree? I do agree. And I think he's getting the looks, Darren, because of what you just said, because he has shown the ability now to hit well from both sides of the plate. I don't think there would be this kind of discussion on him. And for sure, he wouldn't be an all-star if he couldn't do that, right? I mean, that, that earned him a trip to Dodger Stadium. Um, but you take a look at the South Bend outfield specifically, DP. You know, Pete Crow Armstrong in center, Owen Casey in right, Yohendrick Pinango in left. 
They're all top 15 prospects. And then the number four outfielder, Darren, here in South Bend is Jordan Wogu. He is a top <laughs> 25 prospect out of the University of Michigan. The number five outfielder on this team is Jonathan Sierra, our good buddy, who still has the second highest signing bonus the Cubs have ever paid to an outfielder. Well, I so forgot that. There are five guys in this lineup, and Sierra's been killing it, Darren, as of late. He's hitting about 300 in the month of July, but unfortunately for Jonathan, he's just not getting those at-bats because the likes of PCA, Casey, and Pinango take him. Sierra either has to DH, or they've also been playing him a little bit at first base. For Wogu, he kind of shifts around, and sometimes he'll DH and whatnot, but you still have three catchers on this team that can DH every day. So great problem to have for Lance Rimel. But I do agree, Darren, that you take a look at the guys that are here in South Bend. Brennan Davis isn't even playing right now. He's yeah. still on the injured list, of course. And reports are, at least from, my, from what I've read, I'm sure you've read the same thing, that Brennan's hoping to get back before the end of the year. So if that's a thing, maybe it does change the Cubs' minds about what they want to do at the deadline. Yeah. Alexander Canario, 17 yeah. home runs at AA right now and 239 at-bats. He still strikes out a lot, but if you're hitting 17 home runs in 63 games <laughs> in today's baseball, you can strike out. That's going to be just fine. Hey, I want to ask you about Wilson Contreras for a second. 30 years old. Obviously, the Cubs do not feel like he is a part of the foundation of the future of this organization, and he likely will be traded in the next couple of days. As a, a Cub fan and also as a baseball guy, what is your feelings on the Cubs walking away from Contreras? That's a good question, Darren, and I actually look at it from the standpoint of what's happening at the minor league level right now. Another one of our good old friends, Miguel Amaya, is back at double-A mm -hmm. ball after Tommy John surgery, and he is doing terrifically. He was hitting over 500 in his first few games back and is back to catching every day with the Smokies. And, you know, great for Miguel because he missed a lot of time due to COVID and then another injury plus this Tommy John thing. And I think it was always assumed, Darren, that Miguel was going to be the next guy past Contreras. Now, if Contreras does go, I don't think Amaya is as ready as they thought because of the injury, of course. So what happens then? I really don't know what to think, Darren, about that trade deadline talk with Contreras. Business is business, and the Cubs are going to do what they're going to do. He's been a great member of this organization. I mean, as you mentioned, I've been a Cubs fan my entire life, and you know, I've heard about Wilson Contreras ever since he was an outfielder coming up <laughs> with the Boise Hawks at short season ball. I mean, I heard all the stories when I was their announcer out in Boise. So I think Contreras has had an unreal run. Um, he was a young guy in that World Series team. He helped them to 2017, 2018, 2019 competing. It's a different time with the Cubs, of course. And, you know, Victor Caratini, a guy that's gone in the organization now. So you're definitely going to have to find an answer behind the plate coming up. But don't discount what Miguel Amaya can do. And, you know, I think those in Chicago really should pay attention to what happens with Amaya this second half because yeah. if he succeeds at double a tennessee there is no reason why next year he cannot contribute to this team tell you what good old pj higgins part of the 16 south bend yes. cubs team with aloy jimenez and donnie deweese he has been a highly competitive and a good time contributor as a backup at wrigley field for the cubs he's done a nice job catching for this team he's done great and i know um pat hughes has become a big fan of pj higgins <laughs> just based off of how he competes every day gives it his all and again pj's done great darren there are multiple south bend cubs that are doing well right now you know the cubs the reason why that they had even a chance in the ball game last night in San Francisco is because of what Eric Ullman did in relief. Of course, that? Eric, a 2018 South Bend Cub, he was a starter, now a reliever. So you're seeing these guys come up, Darren, from AAA Iowa, and it puts a smile on my face when you just look at these fellas who were here at Four Winds Field just a short time ago, what Chris Morell is doing at the big league yep. level. Um, it, it just makes you smile ear to ear. We were talking about Brandon Hughes before the break. Um, I mean, up and down the Cubs roster soon, Darren, it's not going to be before long where you can identify the fingerprints of the Cubs roster and take it right back to Four Winds Field. No doubt about it. Hey, one final question for you. Do we know how long Miley might go tonight? Do not know that information, but I will say Drew Smiley was here in South Bend on July 4th. We didn't know how long he would go either. We assumed two innings. Because Smiley, he was on more of a layoff, actually, than Wade Miley was. Miley, at least through last month, mm -hmm. Smiley, really, he had nothing other than bullpens for quite a while. But Drew conserved his pitch count, 
And I believe, I don't know the exact number, I want to say it was 20-something pitches through three innings. So you're looking at each other and saying, oh, my goodness, he <laughs> might keep going. So Smiley comes out for the fourth, and that did it. So I think it really does depend, Darren, on pitch count and how long the Cubs want to keep Miley out there. But if he has a couple of those uh, innings that Drew Smiley matched, I don't think there's any reason why we can't see him go for I'll let you get ready for the ball game. Always appreciate your time and have a great call at Four Winds Field here on WSBT Radio tonight. You got it, Darren. Appreciate you. You bet. Brendan King, South Bend Cubs broadcaster. You'll hear from Brendan and Max in about oh, 13 minutes as South Bend takes on Lake County tonight. A rehab assignment for South Bend. Wade Miley taking the mound. 632 on your home of the Irish and the South Bend Cubs. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 